Welcome back to the Punk Till I Die podcast. I am, of course, Tom, and somewhere out there is Neil. How are you doing, Neil? I am doing okay tonight, Thomas. Yes, it's uh last two we did were sitting in your uh, back room. What do you call that? Do you call that your lounge, or what do you my, call my, that? My record room, my library, I don't know. Your record room, okay, yeah, the, the room with no fan. Gotcha, yes. It's got a fan, it's just not installed. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's half the battle, though, right, is installing it. <laughs> it's... it's it's two years old. Yes, the warranty's expired, and it hasn't been installed yet. Yeah, not much use, really, if it hasn't been installed, but there we go. Hey, it was funny. I have, a bunch of, I have a bunch of records stacked up against it. Ah, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. It's your records, record stacker, all the ones you've brought out to play. Um, yes. You know, when I moved the other month, um, that microwave, <laughs> he, was, he was asking where it was. So I had to tell some story that I hadn't seen it in a, in a good long time. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. So did you install that? I didn't even see. I did. You did? Okay, good man. Yeah. Hopefully that's um, a good microwave for you. I definitely have a handful of projects that I'm in the middle of, but it's summertime, and it's hot, and I don't feel like doing it. It is hot. Yes, it was a steamy one today. Even though... Muggy, dude. Not no, even that hot, just muggy. It seems like a lot of the country is burning, but I must say in Chicago, it's been a very subpar summer. Hmm. Like, we'll get like one 90-degree day, and then it'll be... That, like this morning, it was 62 when I left for work. Yeah, it's been getting down to the high 50s at night. But the the thing is, it's we had no June. You know, June kind of sucked. So right. it's like 
it's like they owe us. Summer owes us. Like September better be nice too. It fucking does owe us. You're right. It does. You know, and there's no punk rock bowling this year, so not like we don't, can go to don't Vegas. Don't make me but... turn this car around and come get you, weather. That's right. Stupid fucking weather. So, yeah. Well, you know, the fact of it is, I wasn't gonna be able to go in September anyway. But May of next year, huh? Could happen. I'm definitely going. By the way, just so you know, I'm definitely going. Definitely so I, going. Yeah. Wow, so it's gonna be all sky and emo bands. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So anybody who wants to meet up at PRB next year, whether Tom's there or not, I'm definitely going to be going. Me and the me and the fam, I would imagine, yeah. So because uh, I had a great time last year, not on the strip per se, but in the old in the old town or whatever, that was awesome. We've had some fun conversations about some potential things that may or may not happen next year that I think have a pretty good chance of happening. So it's funny we got some. It's 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 amazing to me, Neil. That we still seem to be, people still seem to be finding us. It is, man. We got that one really nice thing on Facebook. That was, uh, wow, that was ridiculous. I don't even know what you're talking about, but yes, we get a lot. I mean, a lot of nice feedback. It's just, it's been been nice. It's been after you know going on three years. It's nice that uh, people still give a crap. Well, I'll let me let me read it out to you because I, I this this does deserve a shout out actually because this okay. guy was really cool. Um, so so what you're te- what you're telling people, Neil, is if they kiss our ass, they'll get mentioned on the air. Um. Yes. Basically. All right. You heard it here first. Did he pull it? Because now I can't find it. <laughs> I actually am not sure what you're talking about. I know we got some comments on the last episode that were. No, so it was some guy who was just our- saying how much he loves the show, and uh, he's so glad he doesn't know how he found it, but he was so glad that he found it because you know it's his favorite thing or something. So, but now I don't see it. Maybe he pulled it. Maybe he thought I it sounded too gushy. Didn't. I think I'll it was. I think it was from someone called Roman, I believe. All right, well, I'll tell you what. I'll find it. But first, so so by now most of you will have listened to episode 185 oh, sorry Matt I'm sorry my friend it was from Michael Rossello he sounds a little ethnic but we'll let it slide so Michael he was he put up a picture of Eda the album the uh, which is fantastic and then he said I don't normally go out of my way to play a punk album every night but since finding this podcast I've been making a point to they still sound fantastic Neil and Tom your show is just so fucking awesome I don't even know how I found it but I'm having a ball listening anyway I'm kind of old school, but love learning about all the current bands. Thanks, mates. So, that was very cool. Thank you, Michael. That was uh, very, very cool. And I, I'll tell you what, listening to a punk record every night is not going to do you any harm. It is not. Indeed. Not a bad habit. No. Not better than better than smoking crack. <laughs> I've never smoked crack, so I, I, I can't say if that's true or not. <laughs> so you're not, you're not willing to go on the record to say that it's not great because you've never tried it. Everybody so, I know who got into it really had a successful life, so... <laughs> It looks like it's healthy for you. I don't know. Yeah. So, oh, so the reason I mentioned the last episode, I hope you enjoyed uh, Jim ruling on. Uh, I enjoyed talking to him. I thought it was fascinating. The yes, if, if you made it through the 11-minute Oxbow song without killing yourself, well done. <laughs> well, you know, it's, I, see, I know that bothers you, but the fact of the matter is, you know, we always let our guests pick their songs. We do, of course. And you know what? It, it can be a little challenging. I mean, you can, or, you know, you can skip through it, I guess, if you really want to. But, you know, we're exposing you to lots of different things. We let we even let people come on and pick ska songs. Oh, if they're a guest, yes, uh, yes, yes. If, if you picked a ska song, then I would wonder what the hell had happened to you. I probably hit my head. Yeah, I think so. Had a stroke or some such thing. <laughs> yes. yes. Next time, next time we come up, you're dressed all in like black and white checkerboard and shit. Come on, <laughs> fellow kids, let's have a good time. <laughs> Other than just my bands, yes. <laughs> so I'll tell you what. So anyway, so okay, Punk Till I Die seventy seven at Gmail. We got some good letters too. Um, 
Punktalidae Podcast on Facebook and Punktalidae Podcast Group on Facebook. So our idea today to follow up with the book about SST Records was I challenged Neil, and we both went through their catalog, at least a lot of it, because their catalog is huge, and picked out like our favorite, five favorite releases on SST Records, thinking that if this is fun and something we enjoy, it's something we could do with, you know, other, like, I say punk labels, big labels. Indeed. Uh, so we're going to give it a whirl. So I'll tell you what, why don't we do that, and then we can, you know, we'll rap about our normal crap between songs. Okay, so um, my first, I, you said this, and it was a great idea. But my challenge was everything I liked on SST was probably in the first two or three years of SST. Like so, the last I, that's, twenty-five that's years were, it was fucking horrendous. So, well, wait till I tell. Wait till we do Epitaph Records. <laughs> hey, if you're gonna do that, I'm I'm gonna throw in some old English labels. If you're gonna do that, so well, you know, and, and that would be an interesting contrast too, because there's definitely you know, like for me, it'd be easy to do Fat Rack or an Epitaph, but it would be more much more difficult for you. Yeah, and I guess if I do do something like that, it would only be fair that you pick out you know Chiswick or something yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah, small wonder. Whatever, yep, whatever your kids listen to in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But so anyway, what's what's your number five, Neil? Oh, you are you going to me first? Oh, you want me to go first? <clears throat> yeah, you go first, seeing as it's your idea. It's you. Well, it's funny because this band only did the one record on SST, even though they're sort of punk legends, and it is one of the best Bad Brains albums. So, Eye Against Eye. Do you know that album? Do you know Bad Brains or not too much? I know the I know the good Bad Brains album. The rest of it, everything I've well, ever heard, I thought has been trash. But. All the 80s stuff was pretty good. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Um, well, what the first album came out? 80, 81, 82, maybe? 82? But wasn't it recorded in like 79 or something? No, I think it was early 80s. Hmm. But the first album is great, of course. That's the classic, Pay to Come and all that stuff. Um, but this came out, I think, 86. So, um, and it's got a couple of classic songs. That's got the title track, Reignition, Sacred Love. They're sort of ballad that was recorded live from or that he recorded over the phone while he was in jail. HR was in jail, and they recorded over the phone. But let's, uh, yeah, I'm going to start with the, it's time to, uh, you know, throw a little soul in this cracker factory that is this podcast, Neil. So let's do a little uh, Bad Brains Eye Against Eye from the album of the same name. Thank you. 
Bad brains with eye against eye, Tom. I never would have had you as like a as like a reggae fan. That would be something. Well, I I, I you know I, I can I'm not a reggae fan. And I've actually we've actually talked about that a bit, but I think it's okay, it does okay for kind of breaking up the fast songs. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. The all the songs can't be all blending together. Now, I okay maybe I'm wrong, but I never I tried other Bad Brains albums and I thought they all sucked. I thought their their versions of reggae songs suck. I just think I don't think they're very good. Well, none of them were as consistent, I think, as the first album. But I would say, so the second one is called uh, Rock for Light. And that's that's really probably their second best album. And after that, Eye Against Eye is very good. And um, Quickness is pretty good. So that's all. That's pretty much all their 80s stuff. And then they did some weird other kind of one-off stuff, live stuff, stuff like that. But those four albums are all real solid. Once you get in the 90s and HR leaves and all that, yeah. And then he came back. And after that, they might have a couple good songs, but it's... You know the magic was gone by that point, but their eighty stuff is all worth listening to. Okay, but isn't uh, correct me if I'm wrong? Maybe you have to tell me the history of this. But isn't Rock for Light just a studio produced version of the first cassette? It's similar. It was produced by Rick Ocasek. Right, but it has all the same songs on it. A lot it? of the same songs, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's got Sailing On, Attitude, all the good ones. Yeah. Pay to Come, Big Takeover, Does right not have, Does not have Pay to Come. It the one I have does. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm telling, I'm telling you, it does. Well, the one I have does for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got this version that's different from every other version out there. Well, I, no, I have the UK version because I was in the UK when I bought it. Oh, they probably did like the like you always complain about with the Clash album where they screwed it up when they sent it overseas. Perhaps. Well, otherwise, how would I? How would I have heard Pay to Come? Because because that, that like the single from the first album, of course. So I wonder if they stuck like the single in the B side or something on the. Yeah, maybe, or maybe it was on a maybe it was on a compilation or something. But, maybe. Okay. Yeah, maybe you're right. Okay. I'm trying to look it up now. But anyway, so what's, had, so where are you at for number five? So you seem to struggle a little more than I did with this. I actually could have done seven or eight deep pretty easily. What? Uh, well, we are going to we're, we're going to argue about that one later because maybe if I took out the ones that you have, then you wouldn't uh, have that, seven you know or what? eight. Actually, I did a, I did a little more research. My ground is solid. I'm not doing. Uh, I don't think so. But uh, there we go. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Um, my number five is uh, the Santa Cruz band Blast. Um, mm. They were chastised so at the time they, for being... They would have been at my top. If I would have gone two more out, they would have definitely been on my list. All right, cool. Um, they were chastised at the time for being Black Flag copyists, really, because the guitar sound is very, very similar to uh, mid-period Black Flag. But um, I don't know how. this is Okay, going back to the mid-'80s, when I was pen pals with a lot of like punk bands from around the world, just from my addresses, I got a maximum rock and roll. And you know, you'd send letters out to like ten different bands from around the world, you know, who might have singles out or cassettes or whatever. And sometimes they'd write back, and sometimes they wouldn't. Sometimes they'd send you stuff. Sometimes they wouldn't. Um, that was the that was what it was like in the wild and woolly days pre-internet, right? Uh, and Blast were actually cool enough to send me. They sent me a letter back and a boatload of stickers and shit. So I was a kind of a Blast fan, and I think they sent me the first album, as a matter of fact. Because I definitely had it. I definitely had that first album. 
which is called the power of expression, right? Yep. That's the first Very, one. Very, uh, a little, yeah, definitely, like you said, mid-period black fight, kind of clumpy. Yep. Kind of uh, Long heading songs. towards grunge. Yeah. Some heavy, a lot of metal influence. Now, and if it was just me, that wouldn't have been my thing at all. But because they were so cool, you know, in writing me back and sending me shit, I always gave them a gave them a pass, really. So, um... That's I'm so not, nice of you. I know, right? Um, and I actually had their stick, one of the stickers I put on, uh, stuck on my leather jacket. So my old leather jacket from back in the day. You've, I think you guys have seen that picture. Um, it actually does have a blast sticker on the sleeve, I believe. Uh, so, um, I am going to play from the power of expression. I am going to play uh, Surf and Destroy by, uh, by the Santa Cruz band Blast. So, enjoy. <laughs> Standing on the street, I can't help but see the fear In people's eyes, selfish under is it doesn't take a fool Realize, potential time, escape right by Never the future, leave the home, work behind Lock up attention, lock up the fear Surf and destroy while I still have time That was Blast with uh, Surf and Destroy. And it was always annoying. It's B-L... Um, apostrophe. Apostrophe, A-S-T, exclamation. Yes. So it's kind of a pain in the ass to type, and I wonder why they did that, but there you go. So uh, It's like a black guy's name. Yeah. It's just got I, a random apostrophe in it. I think they... <laughs> oh, boy. This, this could go in an ugly place. Um, I think they were featured as well because they were from Santa Cruz. And they were somehow connected with Santa Cruz skateboards. So mm. I think they had a couple of their songs and a couple of the Santa Cruz skate videos. Because, you know, the, the yearly skate video was a big thing in the 80s, too. Like, Powell would come out with one, and Santa Cruz would come out with one, and they were, like, competing. Mm. And so uh, Blast had some certainly had some songs in those Santa Cruz videos. They actually made a... They actually put out a couple albums in recent, or they—I can't remember if they did a full album or if they just did an EP with Dave Growl playing drums for them, believe it or not. Oh, interesting. So as much as we all want to hate on Dave Growl for being a rich, a rich rock star, he does—you know—his presence on these smaller projects. I think I think he ends up sort of pseudo financing a lot of these small, like smaller, cool punk projects too. So and it's probably a tax write-off for him. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but it's but but it's uh, no blaster cool. I mean, the singer Clifford is it Clifford. Clifford, Clifford the Big Red Dog. He is for a cool, like, political hardcore band called. Oh, it's called Seizure something. Seizure. I can't remember. They put out an album on the Pirates Press. It's, it's really good. The Chronic Seizure or something like that. Chronic cool stuff. Seizure. It's good stuff. Good hardcore, politically aware, darker stuff. 
I'm trying to remember funny, who it was. You know, everybody's like, oh, when Trump's president, there's going to be so much great punk. The only people making great punk were old guys. The kids were all just kind of coughing it up as far as I was concerned. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who it was that I wrote to back in the day. Which which oh, which which guy wrote back to me? I think it was like Dave somebody. Well, Dave the singer Cooper and the guitar maybe? player are, were, are the constants. Okay. The rhythm section is kind of, now they're kind of in a position where they, they're sort of cool again. So they have like almost like celebrity rhythm sections. Hmm. So I know they've had, uh, like I said, Dave Grohl played drum for him. I know uh, Nick Oliveri from Dwarves, Queens of Stone Age, played bass for him for a while. Who's I think Chuck, I think I think the Duke, Chuck Dukowski played on some of their stuff. Hmm. Joey Castillo, who's, who's, I know that name for some okay, reason. Okay, Joey Castillo is like a professional drummer. He's a drummer's drummer. He played for the last version of Wasted Youth, LA, which was like the, you know, Wasted Youth. Yeah, yep. They kind of turned metal towards the end. He played for them. He played for Danzig. played for a band called Sugar Tooth that had a couple of minor hits. He played for Queen of the Stone Age. He is the current Circle Jerks drummer. He's just one of those guys. He's like, uh, who's the other guy who does all that stuff? The guy who was in Devo and Vandals and all that. Josh Freeze. Okay. He's just like a professional drummer. Well, there you go. Well, he drummed with him for a while, too. We met him him when he was playing for Sugar Tooth. Real humble, real cool dude. Sugar Tooth. There you go. Yes. Well, there you go. That was my number five. The big hit was from the early 90s. called, or mid-90s. It was called Sold My Fortune. But you heard it here first. Tom is the expert on uh, alternative 90s music. (laughs) I don't know about that. but And the purveyors of such. That first record was kind of cool because it had that first Sugar Tooth record. It had kind of like that Sabbath-y thing going on, but like... Like mixed with the '90s alt rock thing, it was cool. It was cool, man. Well, hold on a second. I'm saying, what? What? Hold on. Uh, maybe I'm fucking. Maybe I fooled myself here. Because I'm looking at Power of Expression, the first S, uh, the first Blast album, and it says, "Oh, okay. It was released on different record labels in other. Well, Wishing Well Records, which is Uniform Choices label. It came out on that oh, first. Oh, that's a, that was probably. And then came out on that first. And then came out on SST. Uh, we'll revisit this later, Neil. Why don't we revisit this later? Okay. It's interesting. It's a murky. It's a murky path back then, wasn't it? Of the way all these record well, labels connected. It was, and like I said, I, I did a little more research on the other one that we were arguing about earlier. And uh, yeah, I think you. I think you're on faulty faulty ground here. Well, you do false you, news. Here's the thing. With, here's the thing with you, Neil. You like to read the first paragraph and then quit. <laughs> Not so. at all. I just know who founded that other label that they were on in '82. You gotta go. At 82. You got to keep, got to keep going. Got to keep going. Anyway, yeah. should we go to number four, or do you? Uh, let's yeah, go you, number four. Yeah, what's your number four, mate? My number four. This is another one too, because the most recent edition of it was on Alternative Tentacles Records. Hmm. But the great Dicks from Texas. You know the Dicks from Texas. Actually, yes. it's not even the Dicks. It's just, just Dicks, Dicks from Texas. Yes, the Dicks. So their first album came out when they were in Texas. Their second album was called Those People or something like that, and it came out when they moved to San Francisco. The singer was a guy named Gary Floyd, outspokenly gay, tremendously good frontman. Um, their first album was called Kill from the Heart, and it came out on SST Records, which I actually didn't know. I thought it was – I actually didn't know where it was, or I thought maybe it was originally on Alternative Tentacles, but it was originally on SST Records. One of the great, maybe underrated sort of – one of those classics that probably, with a little luck, could be up there with the, with the uh, you know the fears and the, you know the, angry Samoans and stuff like that, but just didn't quite get lucky. But so yeah, we're gonna play the title track from the Dick's first from Dick's first album, yeah, Kill from the Heart. Mm-hmm. 
Dicks with a kill from the heart. Yeah, and that, for some reason I always got them confused with the uh, with MDC and the Big Boys for some reason. Well, I well, guess like a steal from Austin, right? They were all from Texas. Actually, I, I can't remember. You know, I read Dave Dichter's book, and I think he went to college in Texas or something. It might have mm-hmm. been his connection to Texas. Okay. Um, but Dicks and Big Boys were from Texas. They were both. They were. They were uh, sort of. Uh, Comrades, I guess, or they were they were pals, both both uh, outspoken gay singers, both tremendously good live bands. I think I like Dicks better because they're more of a straight punk band. Big Boys, I like the big. I actually like I actually like Big Boys quite a bit too, but they were definitely a little funkier. Right? Yeah, they have a, they have some weird funky stuff going on in there. Yeah, you know, I'm not much for the funk. No, they were also a skate a skate rock band. One of the main, actually, they did that skate anarchy symbol. They were the ones who invented that. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So um yeah I'm looking at this dick I, mean, I must admit I've never heard this dick's album I used to see I used to see really? it in the record store all oh, the time so good. you don't know Anti Clan or any of those songs oh it's so good well it it all seems very one like a one path right here Anti Clan No Nazis Friend Pigs oh, Run so Wild good, though, Bourgeois Fascist Pig Anti Clan Part Two Right Wing mean, wi- oh yeah okay come on dude you listen to the Crucifix you can't possibly <laughs> fault dicks for being one-dimensional he sings about lo- all kinds of other things he sings about well, containers on his kitchen counter for god's sake <laughs> well but the, the their first single was actually called hate the police and it's like a classic single yeah 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 do you know do you do you have anything by them and did you ever see them so i have all their stuff on cd okay but no i no, they were long gone i think by the time i was old enough to start going to shows okay i think like i think you're it's still around but i'm not positive Maybe he's dead. I don't know. I, th- I think he. I just. I don't think he's in music anymore. No, I think he's. St- I think he's still around. I think. Discogs yeah. doesn't show a big, a uh, big cross through or anything like that. So that's good, I guess. There you go. Um. How about you, Neil? Where are you at for number four? Okay. So. Did you ever see them, by the way? Dicks. No, he already asked me that. No, okay. still no. Okay. Um. Let's see. Yeah, like I said, my my SST thing is it's pretty shallow, really, and it's uh, probably like eighty three through eighty five or eighty six or something. So um, my number four is going to be Huskadu mm. uh, with their last album on SST, which was New Day Rising. And Great uh, 
Yep, it's a it's a great record. It's a bit you know they were starting to go a bit poppier, right? And I think it was their last album because then they went to a major label. But they went, didn't they go to yep. Warner Brothers after Warner that? Brothers, yeah, yeah, I think so. yeah. So, and even then, the albums the, the albums over there were pretty decent too, actually. Surprisingly, well, he's a great. I mean, he's just a great songwriter, right? I mean, well, two even, great songwriters. Yeah, right? but I mean, even in Sugar, I mean, they continued very oh, much Bible, the, yeah, the yeah. same vein, you know. Yeah, exactly. um, and uh, so yeah, so I'm gonna play. Uh, what song did I say? I was gonna. Oh yeah, Celebrated Summer. So, yeah, celebrated summer from uh, New Day Rising.
All right, who's could do there with celebrated summer? And I think this show is going to be pretty who's could do heavy. I have a feeling. Well, they were definitely one of the big SST bands, right? And the three, so their first album was actually for that New Alliance label, which once again we will talk about here shortly. Uh, but then their three, and then they did Everything Falls Apart. I can't remember who they did that for. Um, but their three best albums were on SST, which would be Zen Arcade, New Day Rising, and. Oh, what's the other one? Metal Circus? No. Metal Circus is just a, is not the, I don't think stands up compared to the rest of their stuff. Wow, see, I don't agree with that at all, but okay. What's the What's the other one, Neil? What's, oh, I can't believe I can't think of it. Hey, so I haven't been going to any shows. you got some shows coming up, Neil, and I, we, were, we were talking about it a little bit, but you didn't, I didn't ask you what shows you were going to see. you got like three shows coming up in the week? I do. In the next 10 days, I have three shows. Um, what do you want to see? One of them I found out about today. Um, next, I think I told you uh, that Poison Boys was supposed to be having their record release show at Liars mm. Club, and then um, Matt got uh, COVID. Mm. So they couldn't play their own record release show, which ah, kind of sucked. So instead, now they're having a, a free record release show at Delilah's on Saturday at 5 p.m. I do not. I've never heard of that. What is that? Delilah's is a it's a punk bar basically, and Matt uh, DJs there like every like uh, every ah. every other Tuesday or something like that. Gotcha. So he, he obviously has a, a connection with them. So they're letting them. They don't normally have bands there, but uh, yeah, they are playing a free show there, the free record release show on Saturday at five p.m. So yeah. I will be going to that. And the good the good thing about it is Tom, it's right around the corner from Duke of Perth. So. I'd well, imagine. the thing is, it's it's at five o'clock, which works well with your AARP type lifestyle. <laughs> it certainly does, and I got no no problems with that. <laughs> so we'll probably go to uh, Duke of Perth, have some lovely fish and chips and stuff, then wander over there, watch the band, buy an album, and uh, yeah, be home be home by nine. It'll be fantastic, best night oh, ever. I, I might have to have you grab me one too. All right. Yep. Flip your wig is the other one, Neil. Flip your so wig, it was, okay. It was Zen Arcade eighty four, Flip Your Wig eighty five, New Day Rising eighty five. Everything Falls Apart was very good too. That was another thing called Reflex Records. I don't know what that it sounds familiar. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a in a little bit. And Land Speed Records was on New Alliance. Right, that was their first one, yeah. Yeah. Um But that, that Land Speed Records not very easy to listen to for No, it's not. Record. It is not. Um and then next Wednesday, uh, August tenth. I have the Meteors are coming back to Chicago and they're playing Reggie's, but they're playing the small room this time, which would make more sense. So, hopefully, to they even won't. Less, to even less people than last time, probably. Well, uh, it's a Saturday this time? Uh, no, it's not. It's not. I'm sorry. It's, it's a Wednesday. Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. Yeah, you, so you might be right, but at least this time it's not going to be in a snowstorm and stuff like it was last time. So, mm. maybe they'll get more people out for that. Um, and then two days later, on. Oh, no. A week later. I'm sorry. My bad. Uh, Friday the 19th is a Zero Boys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That so, yeah, Zero Boys um, and Poison Boys are opening up. Distractions are opening up. And uh, I think there's another band, too. Forza Bruta, I believe. Like an Italian name. I don't I don't know them. But, uh, so, yeah, I got three shows coming up in the next uh, two two weeks, I guess. That's a, two weeks. So that Zero Boys show is a weird bill. And it's actually a really good bill. Um, I don't know what that Fuerza Bruta, Brute Force, I don't know what that is. It sounds South American or something. I think, I think, it's, it's, I think that's Italian. Spanish. I think it's Italian. It, well, let, Italian? Let, me, let me look that up. Do, do, think about 
talk amongst yourselves. I don't know. I've already made all my all my off color racial jokes for the episode, so I can't. Yeah, even, I can't even do it. Oh, Forza um, Bruta do not come up on Discogs. Ah, interestingly enough. What about Italian Discogs? Discogzo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I spelled uh, it wrong. That's right. I spelled it incorrectly. It's Fuerza. F-U-E-R-Z-A. See, people are probably in Italy right now are listening to us fucking swearing at the radio. What are you guys doing? What are you talking about? Like that. That's how they talk, you know. Who do you use? Who do you think you use are? <laughs> oh, they have... Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> they have like 14 albums on <laughs> They're from Chicago. <laughs> you know that you know you ever listen to la armada they're like a hard yep punk hardcore but they're from like brazil or some or summer columbia or something but they relocated to chicago yeah or they're, or they're i don't know what the situation is but they're south american dudes that are living in chicago so chicago well, is a great melting pot obviously well i will say that you know some of the band members beto villanueva felipe manga uh, you know, so there's definitely uh, some kind of foreign influence here. But mm. anyway, they're they're playing as well. So there we go. Well, it's yeah, like I said, it's an interesting lineup. So distractions are are cool dudes. They're our buddies from South Bend. They played our event last year or this spring at the Record Farm. And then Poison Boys, of course, we've had on. I, I'm kind of bummed I'm not getting to see them too. But they're more of a glam thing, right? Yeah. The distractions are kind of a straight up punk pop punk kind of thing. Uh, and I, I is that Forza Bruta. Uh, a Bruta Force. <laughs> is it like a hardcore band? It says an oi punk band from oh, Chicago oh, is the way sense. that Discogs, uh, you know. But all their song titles seem to be in either Spanish or Italian. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling so bad here. <laughs> that, uh, that I got, yeah, I think it might be, I think you might be right. It might be Spanish. Hmm. Um, yes, it could be, this could go one of two ways. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm bummed to miss that Zero Boy show because I, I, I told you last year, of course, that was the best show I saw. They were amazing. They were yep. they were just phenomenal, um, and it's it, it, I had to choose basically between that or Savage Mountain. So in let's see, nine days from today, probably about the time you guys are putting this in your ears, I will be on my way to Maryland for so Savage Mountain. You, so you leave? Okay, you leave on the Thursday, right? Leave on Thursday morning. We're going to all three days. Wow. Uh, they better stock up if with we, some more fucking PBR. That's all I gotta say. Exactly. Better back the truck right up. Back the freezer truck up. Yep. We expect daily daily updates. <laughs> Counts. Actually, you know what I do? I'll tell you what. I'll just break off the tab from each can. Yep. There you go. And count them. Yeah. And exactly. The end, I'll just show, like, yep. this giant like double handful of tabs. I think that's a great PBR idea. Things. And I'm I'm putting Scott in charge of whatever nonsense you get up to. I want him to at least take photographs of it. If you're running around the mm-hmm. hotel naked again. There was never, never naked. As never, far as, as far naked. as you know, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it sounds, it sounds like it's going to be fun as hell, man. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of jealous. Really yes. Yep. And, um, uh, and then of course, and then after that, you know, I've got a, I've got a busy, like October's really stacking up to, to look really good. But, um, but yeah, I don't have September. It doesn't look too busy. September doesn't look too busy, so we'll see. I've got Emil and the Sniffers in the end of September at the Vic, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'll tell you an interesting one. Um, Blondie with the Damned at the end yeah, of August. Thought, it's, at, it's, at a, it's at a big fancy theater, and I was looking at tickets today. Some of the tickets, if you want, like, fifth, there's still a lot of tickets available. Fifth row, like, right in the middle. For two tickets, it was, like, $980. <laughs> what, what, what is that That's about? A- 
No thanks. I mean, I better get a blowy from uh, from Debbie if it's paying a thousand dollars. Yeah, God's from sake. Debbie from nineteen seventy eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, yeah, that's crazy. And we talked about that a little bit a couple episodes ago. This this static price or not static pricing? This this flexible pricing where essentially Ticketmaster becomes their own scalper. Yep, wherever like you if there's yeah. high demand, they raise the prices. It's insane. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's. I guess the good news is. For me and probably you too, you know, I, just, I go to so few sh- Ticketmaster shows. Yeah, it's true. Just, it's just very. We have our, we have uh, the smaller clubs around here. I'll use alternate ticketing, ticketing, you know, things. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't use Ticketmaster very often, but it really is obscene. We should all just boycott them. Yeah, so I don't think I'm going to go to that. And plus, I don't know who's in this incarnation of the Damned because I know. No, it's going to be good. The Damned are going to be good. Don't worry about the Damned. Well, no, because Martin. later on in the year, they're playing a tour of England, and they've got the, ori- the original band is the original playing, the full original yeah. band, Rats, Gabies, Brian James, Captain Sensible, yeah. and uh, Dave Vanian. But I know the Chicago tour is not. In fact, I think the Chicago tour might only, uh, the USA tour, I mean, it might only be two original members, if not only one. Well, no, it's going to be it's going to be Dave Vanian and Captain Sensible. It is? You sure about that? I'm pretty confident of that. And then they'll have the keyboard player who looks like the guy from Spinal Tap. <laughs> and then uh, I don't know who the rest of the band is. But, the, the, I mean, the band will be good. Of course, it's been a few years now, pre, pre-COVID and all that, since I saw them. But they were so good. I'm, which, not, I, like I said, I'm not worried about the damn. Which lineup was it when, when when you saw them? I don't know. There were five of them. <laughs> Captain Sensible and Dave Banyan and some other people. Thanks for that. It wasn't <laughs> Rats Gabies. I, I remember it wasn't, it wasn't Rats Gabies. Okay. Well, so anyway, I don't, after those prices, I don't think I'm going to go. I mean, if I want to sit upstairs and the nosebleeds, it's like 50, it's odd, 60, 50 yeah. bucks, but, you know, I, I've been up there before, and it's not that great. Might as well watch it on YouTube, right? Well, it is, because you don't feel part of the, you don't feel part of the, 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 the show at all. You don't feel like you, I don't know, it's just weird. It's, well, and I think, I think we might have talked about this an episode or two ago, but we've, both you and I pulled the trigger on going to see the Black Flag Tour of 2022. Indeed. Which yes. is in the fall, and that's in a weird little, it's like in a 700-seater theater, and you you go you got front row tickets of maybe five rows back. Okay. But it's just a tiny place. It is. I opted to go, we could have kind of sat behind you, but the first two rows were priced the same, and then if you go a couple rows back, and then, we, like I said, we sat in the aisle. Which I like because if you have to constantly be getting up, <laughs> which I know you, you will, you just step <laughs> into the aisle. Well, I think you I'm on the I mean? aisle too, aren't I? Aren't I close to the aisle? Yeah, I think? You're on the edge too. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're in the front. But like I said, my other fear is that people are just going to not care about that and they're just going to plow in front of you. And the next thing you know, you are super pissed because you're in the twelfth row and you paid for the front row. Well, funnily enough, Tom, that might have been happening. But who else is playing that same night that just announced? Oh yes. So off, off. announced their tour. And they are playing Chicago on exactly the same night as Black Flag. What, what I, venue are they playing? I think they play at Thalia Hall or Lincoln Hall. They're doing a proper city venue. We're yeah, proper, yeah exactly. A proper city venue, yeah. Well, and, you know, I was, I, you know, I do have other punk people I debate things with. And we were definitely, it was like, you know, the, the Black Flag is not as good as Off. I mean, it's not even close. But the bill... You know, off hasn't announced any openers unless they really pull something out. You know, if it's going to be local openers or whatever, I I'd still would opt for the Black Flag show. Yeah, it's Dickies and TSOL. And I yes. guess Total Chaos. I don't really know them so much, but I they're know a the name, name at I least. I really know their yeah. songs. Yeah. Much. You uh, can bet at least one guy will have Liberty Spikes. 
And you know, and I and I have to admit, I am kind of curious at seeing what this Des Plaines Theater is like. Yeah, it looks great. No, the theater looks amazing actually. Yeah. Well, it's so and like I said, it's a theater, but it's so small. You know, it's at seven hundred. I mean, where we're sitting a few rows back, I I just can't imagine we won't be able to see amazing. Right. Right. Yeah. And of course, it's a theater, so it's actually got a slight slope to the floor. So even if the guy in front of you is a little taller than you are, you can still see. It's just it looks. I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. It's a different. It's something different. Um, if it were just at Reggie's, it would probably have less appeal, you know. It, yeah, I think you might have mentioned that last time, but it'd be. It, it, I'd probably still go there too. Don't get me wrong. Reggie's is very convenient, but um, you know, it'd, it'd be cool. It'd be fun. Same with the Brower House too. You know, it's. I know it's a pain for you to get out to Lombard, but really for me, it's. It's probably no harder to get there than just where you live now, time yeah, wise. You know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's of course Dead Boys in October. Dead yeah, Boys, Dead Boys Susie, Moon, Susie Moon, and the Briefs, which I didn't even know the Briefs were still were still around as a as a as a as a going concern. No, that's a that's a great bill too. Once again, you know, if you got to pick and choose, you know, the undercard, so to speak, you know, is going to yeah. obviously play a big play a big part of it. Yep, for sure. Um, so, so oh, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. That was weird. I had something very very interesting to say. And it just went just out of my the head. Vapors. Yep, exactly. Out of the vapors. So we're gonna we're gonna get a hotel for that one, I believe, right? Because I'm yep. not driving home from the Brower House. I'm not. I'm not. I'm probably gonna stay in Des Plaines too. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, yeah. Des Plaines. Well, Des Plaines is only like 15 minutes from my house. It's like straight down Oakton or something. So well, that should be pretty. Is, there's nowhere good to stay by your house either. If yeah, I assume Scott and I will both go. So oh, I, if there's I both know. of you, two big lugs. Yeah, we don't have room yeah, for we, both we of you. We probably just sleep out there, and I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll, we'll see. We got, we got a long time to plan that yet. Yeah, we do. That's true enough. I mean, who knows? All these shows might be canceled with the outbreak. Because did you see um, Illinois and California today uh, declared a health emergency with the fucking monkeypox? I don't know if you saw that Uh, or not. You know, listen, I I don't want anybody to get monkeypox. And it's it's a terrible, terrible thing. But it's much... spreads much differently. It's not as random. It's not... You know, you can protect yourself from the monkeypox a lot easier than you can... The COVID stuff. So, take care of yourselves, people. Take I mean, well, also, it's got a, it's got a, yes, you're, you're ill for two to four weeks, but it, it only kills anybody, does it? I have no idea. That's not what I read. Anyway, I read that yeah, everyone, pretty much everyone to, recovers from it. Try to avoid it. Yeah, I'll go for my third third round of COVID cert instead. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, just no banging monkeys, all right, everybody. Well, did just you stop see banging our, monkeys? Did you see the president was locked up with COVID, yep. and then he got out, and he got it ten days later again. Well, well, did he? Did he? Or is it those stupid fucking tests that I don't trust at all? I don't know, but I'm sort of just you know we're gonna have to live with it, right? Let's just do what we got to do. Exactly. So well done, Tom. Exactly. All right, I'll tell you what. Hey, Tom. Tom, was that that's your public service message, Carl? What's that, Neil? Was that something that you learned today? My number three is also Husker Du. So my, my number one is very, very short. My number three, this al- the, the album is very long. Double, a rare double punk studio album. Husker Du, Zen Arcade. What's the last song, like 15 minutes long? Yes. Just like a weird psychedelic. That's the one that you always skip. <laughs> it, well, it's funny because it doesn't seem like it works on paper, but the whole double album really, really works well. It's just, it's a... It's a artistic triumph, Neil. Oh boy! So, I like a lot of songs on this album, but it's hard to argue with the opening track on Who's Could Do Zen Arcade, nineteen eighty four. This is something I learned today. 
So now do you get my comment? I got it the first time. Okay, good. <laughs> Because I was who's could do with uh, something I learned today. Um, I can just remember what year was that? Eighty four. Mm-hmm. So I came back. So I was in the states eighty three to eighty four. Went back to England to graduate summer of eighty four, and um, got all my friends into um, some American hardcore too. My friend Ian. Um, got really, really into Huskadoo. So much so that on the back of his leather jacket he painted Huskadoo and had an American flag. And I can remember that was causing mm. much consternation down at the pub and stuff. People had no idea what the fuck it meant or why he had an American flag on his jacket. It was uh, pretty excellent, actually. So I also have no idea what it means. It's like uh, like Swedish or something, right? Or some kind of Scandinavian? Something I, re- I, I remember or something like that. It's, it's, it's actually from like a board game, like a kid's board game oh, or something like that. Something? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, okay. Something gotcha. like that. Yep. Exactly. See, that rings a bell. Yes. Makes me remember. See, that's your, some, you that's something you, you learned today, Tom. See? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing that. Hey, listen, it works. Yes. Keep, keep stick with it. What's uh, What do you got at number three? Um, I have, okay. This is gonna. Oh, anytime this, you start with okay, that's bad. No, it's just there's another Huskadoo. We have three Huskadoos back to back. Oh, interesting. Okay. But okay. So, imagine me, fresh off the plane, um, fresh off the boat, 1983, arriving in the U.S. for the first time, not knowing anybody except for my English roommate, and um, within my first week. I, um, the woman who runs the study abroad thing, she throws a a party at our house for the study abroad folks. Like, there was like nine or ten English students, right? Most of them were complete wankers, but, um, <laughs> but she invited her, her, her daughter, who was probably only like 15 at the time, was kind of into punk, and she invented, invi- invented, invited like six of her friends. 
and they were all punks, including one dude whose name was Craig with a mohawk. And so yeah. I got talking to them immediately, and uh, we became we all became really good friends. And uh, they were into this band called Who's Do, which I hadn't heard of before. And um, that album had just come out. Do uh, do 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 do. Which album was it? It was Metal Circus. Mm. Had just come out. And they were all fixated on the song Diane. I don't know if you know the song Diane. It's the slow one about the woman that gets raped and murdered. Mm. Very depressing. But uh, my favorite on it, I love the whole thing. It was like, it's, they called it an album, but it's almost like an EP. It's got yeah, like it's six like or seven songs, right? And mini it's, album. Back in the day, they said the mini album, right? Right, yeah, mini, that's a good one, mini album, yeah. But um, my first, uh, I liked all the other songs. Diane's a good song too, but it was too depressing. But um, I'm going to play a song off of that. Um, first of the Last Calls, uh, probably my favorite song off the record. But yeah, everybody in Champagne Urbana was uh, hooked on, on this or... I think R.E.M.'s first thing had just come out as well. So they were all very excited about that this new band from Georgia Mara? called R.E.M. Uh, yes, I believe so, right? Um, but Don't Go Back to Rock... Was that... Don't Go Back to Rockville was on that one? Anyway, they were all very excited about that too, and I'd never heard of them either. So, um, But anyway, I, I digress. This is Who's Could Do with First of the Last Calls. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, who's could do there with first of the last calls? Uh, and I must say, I'm, I I do feel totally lucky to have landed in the U.S. when I did, because of uh, just all the incredible music that was coming through at that time. You know, eighty-three, eighty-four, eighty-five. Sure, it was. Uh, a crazy lucky time to be to be around and to see a lot of those bands. So, Murmur, nineteen eighty three. There you go. Yep. Now a lot of the more indie kids were into it. The punk kids weren't so much into that, but a lot of the indie indie kids I was hanging around with back then too. Uh, they were really into that aria. Because the indie kids were maybe not as good as the punk kids, but they were still better than the top forty kids. You'd still make out with their girlfriends, though, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was I actually like I I liked REM. They were one of those where I liked them quite a bit, like Search Pageant and like the, you know, their early stuff. And even when they went to a major, I thought they were okay. But it was one of those bands that took me too long to go see them. When I finally saw them in like '92 or something, they were really a dreadful bore. Ins- insufferable as well. Michael Stipe became insufferable. Yeah. Um, yeah, and another band actually, Violent Femmes were another one that all the indie kids were loving too. Oh, I, I think their album. I think their album had just come out in '83, right? Their first album. Yep, eighty three also. Yep. Yeah, so we went, we drove down to Southern, I believe, and saw the Violent Femmes in eighty three at a at a in a dormitory or something like that. What did you think of them? Um, I thought they were okay. I mean, obviously, that Blister in the Sun is a great song, and uh, Kiss Off. That for, the whole album is good, but added up. Yeah, Dawn yeah, added up. Yeah, yeah, another great song. Yeah, they were kind of like one trick ponies for me, but uh, Gone Daddy Gone, the original xylophone song. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny, Neil. To remind you know, speaking of xylophone. And I'm not going to give any band names, but we had two different bands reach out to us today. Yeah, asking if they could come on the show. What the hell is well, that about? Well, one of them is an East Coast band, like I said, that we won't mention. I don't want to jinx anything, and you know, it's I'm not going to. I know sometimes we tease things, but I'm not not really wanting to tease it. But it's yeah, an East Coast band that's a name, and yes. the other one is a German band. That's a bit of a name. Hmm. I don't, know mess- if, I don't know if mess- I've seen that one, mate. I don't know if I've that seen that one. That was in Messenger. I talked to him, so. Oh, okay. Sort of interesting. Definitely within our within our realm. Not necessarily our specialty, but within our realm. And that could be interesting to talk to a German, I think. Excellent. Very interesting. <laughs> Very interesting indeed. So we've done so. Ger- Germans, Italians. What else are we going to do this episode? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Is it Rammstein? Is that who it is? <laughs> Rammstein! Boy, I think that might bring a crowd that we don't want. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that would be interesting. Even though everybody tells me. So I have no affection for Rammstein at all. The only song I know is that Duhash song that was a, such a huge hit, like in the mid 90s. Mm-hmm. But people say they're just the most phenomenal live band. I could believe that. Yeah, with those beats I mean, and stuff. Yeah. They shoot fire out of their arse, I think, or something. Well, I saw that one thing at, uh, at Motoblot, those girls, and I've seen them shooting fire, and I don't need to see that ever again. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, but you've never seen a German man shoot fire out of his ass. <laughs> yes, I, I didn't see World War Two. <laughs> I'll be here all night. Thank you very much, everybody. So, are you ready to rumble, Neil? Uh, sure. What are you talking about? Oh, what? Oh, oh! I see what. Yeah, I see where you're going with this. Yes. So, um, let's get right to it. The bands that the next thing that Tom wants to talk about was uh, the one that their albums didn't really come out on SST until they reissued them. So, take that, Tom. Well, it's actually more complicated than that. <laughs> no, it's like very it's, simple. It's simple. You, know, you, you quit reading too early, but now I can't seem to find it again. <laughs> Dang it! Oh, there we go. So, let me read you a little story now. Can I read you a little story? Read me a little story, Uncle Tom. New Uncle Alliance Tom. Records. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, jeez, Neil. <laughs> that was complete accident. 
I, I, I like I said, I assume, I assume that people at this point realize that we're just joking and that we have nothing but love for all humanity except for the many people we hate. But that has nothing to do with race, sexuality. No, or I just like I that. just hate pretty much everyone pretty much equally. That's all. But go ahead. Tell New us your Alliance story. Records was an nope. independent record label founded by American musicians D. Boone and Mike Watt of the Minutemen and longtime friend and associate, some Polak, I can't pronounce his name. Nice. They <laughs> <Jesus>. were Martin <laughs> Tamburovich. They were inspired by the example of their friends in Southern California band Black Flag, who had earlier formed SST Records. The existence of SST led Watt to understand, according to a 1987 interview he gave to Musician Magazine, how easy it was to get a record made. All you had to do was pay the record plant man. There you go. See, there you go. Anyway, the label first release was 1980, blah, blah, blah. After D. Boone's car accident death in 1985 and the increasingly busy schedule of Watt's post-Minuteman band Firehose, Watt and Tamburovich sold New Alliance to SST in 1987. Greg Ginn, SST's owner and Black Flag guitarist, proceeded to transfer all the Minutemen and Descendants back catalog and Husqvarna's land speed record to SST and turn New Alliance into a subsidiary label of SST that concentrated on more adventurous and non-mainstream records, including jazz, instrumental, poetry, and spoken word releases. Boy, that sounds horrible. But anyway, so that's why I thought that they were a subsidiary of SST, yeah. and the truth of the matter is, they were. Yeah, well, not back in when that was first released. That was released in 82, and you Listen, said 86. Descendants are associated with SST records. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, lo- you, just, you just proved my point. My Love Goes to College came out on New Alliance in 1982. It, didn't, it wasn't repressed on SST until like 80, what, 85, 86? I don't know. It's an SST. <laughs> okay, you go, go with well, it, Mike. Well, you go said with to it. me, I don't consider... I don't consider Descendants an SST band. Well, what do you consider them then? Uh, not an SST band. Well, then what do you consider them? I guess New you Alliance. Must answer. You must consider them something. New, new Alliance. Oh, yeah. How's yeah. that? Big New Alliance. I'm sure you've been sitting around your house thinking about New Alliance. Right? Fun, well, funnily enough, funnily enough, all you Descendants fans out there, I actually have the very, very first Descendants record, and that was on New Alliance. So that's stick, a, that, that is a very that's fat. Yeah. So stick yeah. that in your pipes and smoke it. And that was on New Alliance. So there you go. Well, listen. It was both inspired by SST and later purchased by SST. Greg Ginn probably still owes him money. Anyway, go ahead, because you're going to go... Milo goes to college, I assume, yeah? Of course. Yep. I mean, it's one of the greatest records ever made. Is that your favorite Descendants record? Oh, absolutely. Okay. But I do... The first two are very good. They are. Um, the third one is has some... The third and the fourth ones both have some great songs, but a little too much... Uh, I don't mind. I don't mind funny songs, but the like the the farting noises between songs and whatnot. I mean, I hate to say it's it hasn't aged well, but I don't think it's aged well. But both those albums, those so the four, first four were like their original run, obviously. Both the third and the fourth ones have some amazing, amazing songs, but as LPs, they're not nearly as strong as the first two. But the first one's the best. I mean, it's just it's got it's got melody, but it's got the great songs. Yep. So actually, so I'm gonna play a song that Descendants still play, but they actually edit themselves quite a bit on now when they play it. Um, I just was reading today, Neil. What was Beyonce's that? got a new album? Out. You know who Beyonce is? I do, and I believe I know what you're gonna say. She actually changed the lyrics to one of yes. her songs, didn't she? Because and do you know she what, might upset. Do you, know the, do you know what the offending word was? Spaz. Spaz. That's right. Uh, I, Boy. W- what is the world come to? They're going to be in trouble because they their last EP was called Spaz Hazard. And then they have one called Hypercaffeinate Spazinate or something. 
Oh yeah, hypercapium spasinate, and then the the other one was that was the other thing was like the EP that came with it. Yes. So I I, I, mean, I, I, I don't know on, what's, right? I don't know what's happened to the world, man. Well, Everybody... there has to be a general standard about what's offensive and what's not offensive, right? Uh... You can't walk around on eggshells for for the most easily offended. But it's okay for you to be offended. It doesn't mean I have to be offended by it. I guess. I well, don't have to. I, I, you know, I, I don't care. I don't care about your feelings. That, so it's I'm nice not. that you have feelings. I don't care about your feelings. And, and listen, Beyonce's got every right to change her lyric if she wants. It's her lyric. It's just, it's just the freaking, you know, you're ableist. If I mean, you literally can't. You can't make a joke about anything, Neil. The only thing I make a joke about is old English guys. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know what? And that is funny, actually. So that's free for all, which is kind of funny. Or the Irish or whatever. We're free for all because yeah. I guess we're not a protected species. Yeah. But, you know. Well, and, and once again, it's just, it's, I mean, that, that's the word. I mean, these artists will do filthy, like, semi-pornographic songs for kids to listen to. But yes. that's what we're worried about. Yes. I mean, it's it's bizarre, right? It's like. Yes. Like I've gone down the rabbit hole. The spazzes and the midgets are going to get us. I guess. I mean, you know, if we if we when we start developing our own our own songs, they're gonna they're gonna be constantly about spazzes. Everything's gonna be spazz. We're gonna be the dwarfs. Dwarfs part two. I mean, I, I even you know, yeah. When my kids were, I'm like, quit spazzing out, you know. Or what are you spazzing out about? I mean, that was it was affectionate, you know. It wasn't. You're acting like I a total being, spaz. I wasn't being ableist. I wasn't making fun of people who have spaz. <laughs> it's bizarre, man. Well, in England, okay, you know, I'm not even going to go there. So go ahead. What's the name of the song? Tell them that you're going to play. The song is called I'm Not a Loser. <laughs> Indeed. Is that offensive to somebody? Is that offensive to losers? I don't know. I mean, Probably. losers are better than winners now. I don't know. Yeah, everyone's the same. You just have to participate. Yes. But anyway, I'm Not a Loser by The Descendants off the fabulous first album on New Alliance slash SST. <laughs> That's the records. There you go. descendants there obviously with i'm not a loser and yeah you could see why those lyrics would have to be changed today God yeah they're, they're definitely you probably wouldn't put those out today but once again i mean does anybody really think that the descendants guys are sexist or racist or homophobic or anything else they're not they're just right. just words to a song 
Now, do they still do No Fat Beaver? Do they still do that song? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't do that one anymore. No Fat Beaver. <laughs> um, you know what? I don't well, know. yeah, it's they, all they good. did have some songs. They were, well, you know, the, definitely a lot of songs about Milo getting dumped, and there was definitely some anger towards women, right? Yeah, like I said, I. I but, but meanwhile, like, I mean, obviously, like, Sour Grapes was an angry song, right? But just one of the great classic proto pop punk songs of all time. The funny well, thing at least is, like second wave after like And I'm going to go off on a rant here, but I I do think it's funny that the specials, the specials, the ska band from England, they got all yep. kinds of uh, props for being, you know, the first multiracial band, you know, black and white unite, you know, all that stuff, two tone, yep. great, fantastic. But the lyrics on that first specials album, are horribly anti-woman, they're horribly misogynistic. And uh, but somehow that gets brushed under the rug completely, <laughs> probably because Jerry Damas yeah. couldn't get a fucking date because he's so fucking ugly. But um, I, I, I've just always found that uh, fascinating that people tie themselves in pretzel knots to uh, you know to, to talk around that. But uh, anyway, you know, you have a song called "Little Bitch" for fuck's sake. Anyway, yeah, well, you know, the the Clash, the Pistols, they all said things. The Clash, you know, Joe Strummer said. People now think Joe Strummer is some kind of a prophet or something, but he's he did a lot of talking. There's some quotes by him that you wouldn't necessarily want to hang on your wall, you know. It well, just is what it is. Yeah, when he ran away to France, wasn't he banging some other chick apart from his wife or something? I don't. Know. I don't. Yeah. I don't. But yeah, but so but, they uh, say. Anyway, like I said, yeah, like so, like sour grapes, uh, clean sheets. Man, great, great songs, but definitely have a little bit of anger towards women. Does he hate women? Probably not. Didn't all have a couple of songs that were that he can't play anymore as well? All had one called Hetero. Hmm. It was sort of like did you ever hear that awful Annie Nowhere League song? It's like the day the world turned gay or something. <laughs> no, but again, that's one of the reasons why they've been banned at certain places well, over here. But again, it's tongue in cheek for fuck's sake. It is definitely tongue in cheek and no one should be offended by it. If they, they should be offended by the fact that it's just not very good. Yeah. Like, it's not a good song. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the Hetero was written by Bill Stevenson, the drummer, you know, in the early 90s. And it's just, the world seemed like it was going sort of Nelly. And he wrote an angry song while the world was sort of going gay. It was, I just, I mean, is it aged well? No, not really. But I think, once again, I don't think Bill Stevens is homophobic or anything. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. But maybe he is. I don't know. We don't know but Bill Stevens. All we know is that he does a lot of, he does those stuff in the blasting room, right? Yeah, he played uh, drums for the Great Black Flag. Played drums for Descendants. He's uh, another guy, professional drummer. Professional drummer, and he's a producer. Yes. So he's the, he's he's to blame for all that stuff in the blasting room, all sounding the well, same, right? I, yeah, I don't know if it's him or the guy who followed it. Was his name is it Livermore, Jason Livermore, or something? One who does the most of it now. Don't know. Liver sausage. But it used no to be. Idea. It used to be one of those things. Like I, his early stuff is really highly regarded. So I, I, I don't really want to cast any dispersions on his production personally but what happens is what happens when you're successful everybody else tries to make the same sound right and then you get it gets too homogenized <clears throat> back in back in the early days you know sst was a classic one for that back in the early days the labels a lot of them did have their own sound because what all the all the uh discord stuff was recorded at inner ear all the all the uh, SST stuff was reported by a guy named Spot, right? The early stuff. Yeah, if you read the book, he had no idea what the fuck he was doing. Well, none of them did. That was the <laughs> thing, right? So the, you could really almost pick out SST, especially you could almost pick out SST stuff by the sound. Yeah, and that's actually one reason that that um, that uh, Bad Brains record doesn't suffer from that. Somehow they managed to escape that. Hmm, maybe somebody so, else produced it. Yeah, maybe. 
Well, and it's funny too. They're another label. Well, you know, once again, we've talked about this, but you know, when I was coming up, I buying all this stuff on CD, and uh, I didn't realize how bad it was until you listen to the LP and like, oh, it was all mastered for the LP. It was never really mastered digitally. Mm-hmm. So you got to have an LP to really hear a lot of stuff. So anyway, but so where are you at, Neil, with your number? Do. My number two, I'm going to play someone by Black Flag. Um, I'm not going to play oh, the obvious. Oh, finally Black Flag makes an appearance. Well, it is, but it's going to be stuff from Everything Went Black, went black the compilation album from the very, very oh, early yeah. days, right? Yep. Because the, you know, I had My War, I saw them on the My War tour, and they had um, Slip It In, uh, that, that ridiculous record. Uh, so I saw them on that tour as well, I think it was that one, 86. But anyway, a couple, well, of, couple, couple of good songs, see, but... You know, the, the, like in '85 and '86, they just crank out albums, right? Between '84 and '86. Yeah. And I mean, how many a, albums did Browns make? A lot. But it's a shame because they should have just had some quality control, and maybe they could have made one really, really good record instead of like four very, very average records well, where the songs were all fucking too long. It wouldn't have been bad if they would have. Yeah, they could have sharpened up a few of those songs. Oh, a few. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, family man. You gotta be too, being too diplomatic. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, God awful. And let's hope that when we see in November, they, they decide not to do their fucking, uh, the, you know, the best of the of the last three albums. Um, um, what about the theremin solo? Whatever <laughs> that thing is. <laughs> so, yeah, Damage was 81, Neil. Family Man, 84. Slip It In, 84. My War, 84. In My Head, 85. Loose Nut, 85. And then two live albums in that time, too. Yeah, who's got the ten and a half, right? And live 84. Yeah, yeah. just ridiculous stuff. Um, so anyway, mine's from the uh, yeah, Everything Went Black early compilation, um, which I believe, I'd have to read the book again, but there was some kind of problem with that. A label dispute or something. Yeah, with that. Like, they weren't supposed to use the Black Flag. Ni- I don't remember what it was, but anyway. it was. See, they were originally on a, on a label called Unicorn Records or something, right? Or they signed to a label called Unicorn Records, and it was... Yeah, there's some kind of issue. And they never gave the original drummer any credit, either. Greg Ginn fell out with him. And uh, even though he was on the... Uh, he played drums on that... Was his, what was the hell was his name, that first drummer? I, I can't remember. Um, I'm sure I'd probably know it if I heard it. Yeah, I mean, he was on the... Uh, he played drums on... Do 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 do. Which which jealous? Like a real, it's like, a real name or like a nickname. I know it's a real name, not jealous again. What's the one you're gonna play? Uh, the the first single was uh, Nervous Breakdown. Right. Nervous Breakdown. Yeah. Even though what's his name is credited on that, he didn't play drums on it. Huh. Yes. Who's credited on that? Uh, Bill Stevenson, I believe, isn't he? No, he was much later, wasn't he? Brian Migdahl, that's the guy. He was the original drummer. Brian Migdahl wow. was the original drummer, and yet he doesn't get credited because Greg Ginn falls out with everybody, right? Mm. Yep. So that's not very nice. It's very, not very nice of him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I am going to play... Oh, yeah, Robo. Robo is the one that gets credited on the sleeve, okay. but, uh, but it was actually Brian Migdahl. Um, He's German. Everybody thinks he, everybody talks about him. Like he was the most fun guy. We, I... I was it Steve Zane who was telling us a Robo story? I don't know. He was, he was, yeah, he was German. He played for the Misfits too. Yep, played a lot of bands, right? And when the when the Misfits reformed in the nineties, and they had three of the four, like, or they had three, four, the four from the classic lineup, he was the drummer. Didn't he play with Social D for a while too? I don't think so. Hmm. Not thinking Chuck Biscuits, are you? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. Chuck Biscuits, yeah. Chuck Biscuits played with Circle Jerk. I am. Flag, flag, played yeah. with everybody. Yeah. 
Anyway, I'm going to play uh, Police Story from uh, nice. Everything Went Black. Black Flag. Who's singing on this? Don't know. Alright. <laughs> Some dude. <laughs> yeah, it could be Keith, it could be somebody else, I'm not quite sure. I was going to do White Minority, but I thought that might be too. that might lead us into a weird way, so I'm doing go. Police Story instead. story from uh from everything went black one of the great one of the great uh like i don't don't know if i don't think it was ever a single or anything but one of the great like uh winston smith pictures right well it is and actually the reading that sst book by jim roland it's actually really interesting how they decided to tweak the noses of the cops like that when the cops were busting every fucking show they did so then that just made the cops even angrier um and especially because I guess the police chief's gay son was a black was a black flag fan or something, which made oh, the police chief even more uh, determined to like break break up every black flag show. Um, so yeah, interesting, interesting. But weird isn't it stuff. isn't it funny? Weren't they like the cops always sort of had that like old Bobby look, right? Like the old English policeman look. Well, except for wearing the tit hats, right? I guess. <laughs> hey, maybe we'll be. That'd be great. We're sitting in this Des Plaines theater out in the suburbs, surrounded by you know, potbelly sandwich shops and wine bars and stuff. And the cops come in there and just start beating. Up <laughs> yes, it's the same LA police for some reason. Just beating a bunch of middle-aged men. <laughs> yeah, guys looking like chips coming in with fucking mustaches, guys beating are, everybody. The black flag fans are wearing sandals and smoking copious amounts of ganja. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, this is this is going to be interesting, Tom. So I don't know which I don't know which version this was because there's actually three different versions of Police Story on, uh, say, on everything went black. Demo to death, right? Yeah, there's the Johnny Bob Goldstein era. There's the Chavo area, and uh, and there's so the Johnny Bob era. Goldstein is Keith Morris. Yeah, yep. But that was who once it was, again. This was yep. Gregan's way of screwing with him, and yep. and Chavo it means like Chavo pedophile or something, pederast or something. Yeah, that was the singer who came back for the reunion. What's his name? Uh, not Dez, the other one. Chavo. Ron Reyes. Ron Reyes, yeah, yeah. Ron Reyes. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm assuming it's going to be the um, the Keith Morris version, I'm assuming. But uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, that's the best stuff. But yeah, that, 
all that early Keith Morris stuff, gimme, 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 I don't care, white minority, no values, revenge, I mean, it's all fucking great. Right? Well, that stuff was all, that was all recorded with uh, the official recordings, like the Jealous Again recordings, that was all done with Ron Reyes. So they might have got demoed with Keith Morris, but the official releases were all Ron Reyes stuff. The only thing officially, like the only real, like other than that compilation stuff from like said, the only nervous breakdown was the only thing with Keith Morris singing, right? I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. Indeed. So anyway, yeah. so that was my number two. I guess we'll see. Guess that singer. Um. So right your your number one is because you're a bunch of flexies. Yeah, yeah. Have all my flexies. You know what? I was sorting my flexies the other day. I actually put them in alphabetical order, oh, and getting them. rid of the du- getting rid of the duplicates. I I I swear I almost have the entire Charger album on flexies. So you gave last time not not last time but like two years ago or a year ago when we were in Logansport you gave Matt a bunch of them. I gave him about twenty five flexies. And you still yeah. have a bunch. I probably have twenty five more. In fact, the Territories I album. Got of them, dude. The Territories Seriously. album, I got the entire thing on on Flexi. Yep. In fact, they released it as like a as like a yep. like a package, right? It's funny. That's one I did keep because I think it's kind of fun, kind of interesting, right? Yeah. Do you ever try and play any of them? Yeah, I played one the other day. They're, they're all right. I'm, I mean, I'm. I do. They're get not s- like the one you were a kid, dude. They they sound all right. Oh, okay. I was. I am concerned that. Well, I tried to play that. What was that one you gave me from Pirates Press? Um, was it? It was a Lion's Law one, right? The one that's shaped like the guy with the boots. Uh. You know what? The problem with me is it wouldn't clear my arm. It's it, like so huge, it right. wouldn't spin on my turntable. It doesn't play. It doesn't play for me at all, that one. So it looks awesome, but it's. Yeah, uh, it's more of a hang on the wall kind of thing. Good old well, Pirates I, Press. I remember I gave you another weird Pirates Press thing. It was like that noise record, but it plays backwards. Mm, mm-hmm. It plays from the inside out, and my turntable, when I push the arm that far, it just automatically kicks back. I literally couldn't play it. I've had a couple other weird ones like that, uh, that just my turntable just doesn't like it. Yeah, but I have that other turntable that I need to get hooked up. So yes, another one that you scored for me. In fact, I think Scott scored one for me too. When there was yes, a, another thing was... that's sitting on the floor in the back room with stuff stacked. <laughs> Good old Tom. <laughs> yeah, yes. and in fact, uh, how's that Mike Ness signed poster I gave you? <laughs> it's there. Did you see it? <laughs> I did. It's not hanging though, is it? <laughs> no, I have a spot for it though. Yes, it's right there against the wall of the corner. Good old Mike <laughs> Ness. Did I tell you that? Yeah, there's an interview with him and the new Viva La Rock. And he claims no. he claims he's they're gonna record two albums at once when they record oh, this October. On. That's what he claims. And they might he's be gonna die. They might be releasing two albums in twenty twenty four, he says. He's gonna or twenty twenty three or whatever. Yeah. It's I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's great. We'll go see him live and only play like he'll play all his new stuff. <laughs> They'll play like one new song probably. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so anyway, you want me to go to my Number two, number no. one. You've done your. You've done number twos. So it's now time for you to do number one. Well, it's it's funny, right? Because I was talking about how the Who's Who album was a double, was a massive album. I believe the Nervous Breakdown it was a seven inch. Nervous Breakdown was on one side, and the other three songs were on the B side. Yeah, before but, I, but before you get there, let me just let me just butt in a second. So I think the total runtime was like five minutes. But it's interesting. So Zen Arcade double album. How many punk bands put out double albums? Not a lot. How right? many can you think of? I can think of the Clash, London Calling, obviously. Yeah, um, and then that awful triple album too. Yeah, but apart from that, I'm kind of struggling. I mean, to think did of. the Dam do it or something? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, not. Uh, you know, best of notwithstanding. Yeah, best of notwithstanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great question. You know, I'm trying to think in my personal collection. 
you know, a lot of the thrash stuff that I like had such long songs, like, you know, Metallica and Justice for All. It's on two albums, 63 minutes long or something. Right, right, right. I have a lot of that, but I'm trying to think. Huh, that's a good question. I'll have to look when I get, you know, on some of the reissues, they do do a double album to give you extra stuff and whatnot, but, huh, I don't know. I mean, everything went black was a double album, but obviously that's a that's a compilation. Compilation, you know? yeah. Yeah. Um, and yes, you are correct. There was a there was an injunction served against the band by Unicorn Records for breach of copyright on that early stuff. On uh, yeah. on uh, everything went black. Yeah, I don't know if this was a popular brand in the UK, but here, Black Flag was like a popular brand of I think Roach Killer. Is it? Well, yeah, yeah. No, it, that didn't make it. We don't really have roaches in England, but uh, I did. I did learn what Black Flag was really fast over here with Mister Clean as well. <laughs> oh, <there you laughs> with go. the skinhead, the. the uh, the angry-looking skinhead on the Mr. Clean bottle. Anyway, I, I tend to think that the finest SST release of all time is the very first one. Mm. That first Black Flag EP. I love, you know, the thing is, I mean, obviously, Black Flag is a band that could have their own list. You could easily do a top five Black Flag. My War is great. Jealous Again is great. I got the 10-inch of that. Um, uh, damage is obviously very good. I know some of the later stuff is not as is sharp, but obviously it's a lot of great stuff, a lot of great singles, um, six pack, drinking and driving, just tons of them, right? Um, but I just don't think they ever were as good as they were on their first EP, their first single. For sure, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's the guitar is so aggressive sounding. It is the vocals are unhinged. Um, now we've played uh, Nervous Breakdown the last episode so I'm not going to play it again I think but I think that like if you like if if came to you and said what is what is punk rock in two minutes I, I think you could do a lot worse than just playing Nervous Breakdown I agree I agree yeah you know it's, what I mean? it's a great great song a, yeah. a two minute and I think we kind of take it for granted because we've heard it 500 times or whatever you know there's others you know if you had four minutes you could do Sonic Reducer right or three and a half minutes or whatever if you had to you know it, you know there are songs that I think you know Anarchy in the UK, Sonic Reducer, but I gotta say, this is right up there with those songs. And especially once you get in the hardcore realm, you know? So, anyway, so since we played that recently, we're gonna play Fix Me, which is another great, great song from that record, short one. So. That's like the first song on the second side, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I said, the first, the single was on the, the, the A side was by itself, and then I think all three other songs were on the B side. Um, and it was on 7 inch and 12 inch and well, actually, I don't know if it was on 12-inch, but I know it was on 7-inch and 10-inch and everything else. And I don't even know if you can get it now. If It's probably in the 30th press or something. But anyway, yeah, check it out. Black Flag, fix me. Just for you. 
That was Tom's number one. Obviously, that was he would have done Nervous Breakdown, but we played it on the last episode. So he did the first song on the B side, "Fix Me." Uh, but that was from eighty. No, that was from seventy nine. For God's sakes. Yeah, early, was like, early. I think early you could stuff. argue that that was like the first Harper record. Um, yeah, I agree. And uh, dude, if you're lucky enough to have that original press, which yep. doesn't, it doesn't have the bars and it doesn't have the regular black flag uh, uh, type. Um, it just says black flag in like a, a regular sans serif, and that is they have three on Discogs currently. The low one is thirteen hundred and eighty dollars. One thousand three hundred. Well, there's three of them on there, though, huh? Yeah, kind of surprising, actually. Yeah, there's one from the U.S. for twenty-five hundred. The one from Canada is thirteen, uh, fourteen hundred, and well, there's one from on Denmark. Yeah, that's first. I guess, I guess paying, I guess paying thirty dollars to ship, it's not that big a deal if you're paying thirteen hundred bucks for it. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, uh, let's see, how many times has this been repressed? A lot. Do do do. I don't even know. Yeah, the last one looked like it was 2016. Um, and like a dark blue cover. Mm. Version 17, it says. You can, and that's still 40 bucks, for God's sakes. Wow. It is amazing. I've seen some... I see a lot of that 2016, 2017 presses. I don't know if they did such small runs, but they're going 80 bucks. Yep. For LPs. Like, man. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Um, yes. Yeah. So, Neil, what, what, is your, what is your number one for SST? When that was recorded, you know when that was recorded, Tom? 78, maybe? January 78. Yeah. Jesus Christ, when the Pistols were about to play fucking San Francisco. Um, yeah, well, everything was going quick at that point, right? Yeah, from then on, it was everything was a whirlwind. Um, and five years later, it was just gone. <laughs> so, my number one, I'm going to throw a spanner into the, into the, into the works here. Mm. Um, I, okay, so... Probably the first SST record that I had. Uh, hold with hold with me here, people. Um, was the uh, it was a compilation record. It was one of the first SST releases, actually. It was their compilation, the Blasting Concept. Oh yeah. yeah. Which has that uh, a- disturbing slash classic cover of like a guy having sex with a woman. He's got he's got um, rope around her neck, and there's like an atomic explosion outside. So it's a very Winston dis- Smith also, I assume. E- yeah, Raymond Pettibone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh Raymond Pettibone. Yeah. That's I said Winston okay, yeah, Winston Smith is where Dead Kennedy's right. That's right. Yeah. Raymond Pettibone. Yeah, Raymond right. Pettibone, yeah. Yeah, Greg Greg Ginn's Greg, Greg Ginn's brother, who funnily enough, now won't do anything hasn't wanted anything to do with Greg Ginn for the last twenty five years, but he still does artwork for Keith Morris. <laughs> so, yeah, that's so, a go, so go figure. That one. Um but anyway, I bought this complex. Okay, so I returned home from the states in '84, uh, like what was it, April '84, whatever. College kicked out here, and came home to England with all the all the American hardcore bands in my head. Got back to Liverpool, and nobody had heard of any of them. So hardcore mm. American hardcore hadn't broken over here over in England at all yet, which was how I was able to buy so many fantastic records. Uh, a lot among a lot of our peers that we hang out with online, it still hasn't, you know. Right? Yeah, that's very there. true. That's very true. Seventy-eight punk was dead. So I mean, I would go into Probe Records in Liverpool, and they would have all the imports. So that's how I got the first Fat EP by the by the uh, Descendants, for example. Um, and in fact, they, they probably had the first Black Flag album, uh, Black Flag EP, and on the original press. And I probably didn't buy it like an idiot. Um, but I did get this Blasting Concept album because I was infatuated with the record cover, and I brought it home. 
and that has I think that has like three black flag tracks on it. Um, so it was the first time I was really eh, not the first time I was hearing black flag, but um, it was the first ones I'd owned. And it also has like the Minuteman. It also has the Meat Puppets, and it has a song by a band called Saccharin Trust. Ah, who I was before. Yep. Who I was completely. Um, I, it, it's like nothing else on the record. It's long and it's droning, but it's very, very powerful and disturbing in its own way. So um, I'm going to make this my number one. I'm going to play. Um, this track was called "A Human Certainty" by Saccharin Trust, who were from. I don't know if they were from San Francisco. They I were, think they were California. Yeah, they were certainly in California. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, experimental, uh, certainly like artists, etc. But uh, yeah, very unusual. And uh, so I'm gonna, so I'm gonna play that. But that was the cool thing about back then. You could do your own thing and still be accepted. Like Flipper, for example, right? I mean, yep. Uh, you know, there's yeah, they were definitely making some big chunky, yeah. slow, dirgy like stuff. Behemoth yeah. type music. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so this is Saccharin Trust with Human Certainty.
Human Certainty by Sacred Trust, whose uh, first album came out on SST at about the same time. It's called Pagan Icons, and that's a classic too. And I always feel Pagan. dirty after I've listened to that song. I always feel dirty. I feel like I should take a shower. It's uh, disturbing. Well, it's very muggy out. Probably not a bad idea to take a shower anyway. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So anyway, so that was our top five from SST, and maybe we will do different labels. Um, now, Alternative Tentacles. That's Gonna be an int- if we do that, that will be an interesting one, don't you think? I think alternative tentacles. The big, the big. What are the big punk labels? It's it's Discord, alternative tentacles, uh, SST. I'm trying to think if there's more. Like I said, there is a few other ones. Byo. Oh, Byo. Oh, Byo. A lot of great stuff. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Tang. You know what? We could probably do a bunch of them actually. Tang, you'd uh, be by yourself, mate. I don't think no, you've got a you'd sing- be shocked. Of course, really? a lot of those reissues too. I was gonna say because they did a bunch of business stuff, and but it was all reissues. Um. Well, that's that is funny because there would be a like Epitaph is considered one of the big punk labels of all time, but you, I think, probably have a real blind spot to them. Well, that's later than, though, man. I mean, that's other than a right? couple of you know social D albums or something. Um, well, it's later. Well, not really though. I mean, eighty eighty two, they put out the first Bad Religion album, eighty two, eighty three. Oh, was that right? Okay. Um, I, I mean, they're not very good anymore, but they did a lot of... They had a great run. They were one of those labels back when I was a kid. You knew if you bought something on it, it'd be good. Hmm. Um, same with... Uh, well, of course, Lookout, too. You know, another label that had a lot of variety. But there's a lot of them, yeah, that might be a challenge for you. But like I said, if we do something like that, then you can, you know, maybe throw one of the other older 
labels that mean, and we'll have to kind of do our, our research, you know? Oh, Epitaph, okay, the Vandals, Peace of Vandalism, I guess I could be on that one. Oh, yeah, they yeah. did lots of, they did lots Fuck, of Fuck, Alien Sex Fiend, wow, got some Alien See, Sex you know. Fiend on there, yeah. Interesting, TSOL, obviously, okay. But, like, the same thing with, like, uh, you know, I know, like, once again, I know it's not really your thing, but Fat Wreck, man, that's a big, been a big punk level for 30 years now. Close to it. And, yeah, uh, yeah, but 30 years only gets you to the mid-90s. Well, maybe that's a long time, Neil. Well, it is for some people, but not for me. I mean, not for a tree, <laughs> but for you and I, that's a long time, dude. Yeah, I would be. Yeah, I would be doing small wonder, you know, like well, I said, Chizik and fucking. We all, have, yeah. we, all have, we all have blind spots. I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, and like I said, if we do something like an epitaph, then you, maybe you can throw something, you know, like a Chizik or what, whatever, whatever the. Well, I, I don't even. I don't even know what the equivalent. The British equivalent of it is because, like I said, these these rough trades probably what, that'll be rough say, trade. Well, there you go. But I was yeah. gonna say what you will about Epitaph and Fat. The fact of the matter is they persevered. They're not, you know. I'm thinking a lot of them that you're maybe gonna think about are probably long gone. Here would be the issue, though. Here would be the issue with that. Would be go well, Epitaph. We're known for having the Epitaph sound, right? The same as the Fat Rex sound. Was uh, yeah, I guess. Love it or leave it. SST. Dude, you could not. You could not tune in to what their sound was because every well, album was completely fucking different, right? Well, they dude, had weird hippie jazz. They had like space well, rock. They, had, they kept the new Alliance label alive until the late '90s, but it was like a spoken word jazz. Label. Yeah, right. I mean, it's all over the damn place. Well, you know, listen, man. You gotta lay off the. You gotta lay off the pot. It makes you think jazz is good. It makes you think spoken word is good. It makes you, you know, what I mean, it's I was. Like, at, you know what? I was gonna say that to Jim Roland last time when he was, you know, going on about some of those uh, horrible bands. I was like, yeah, maybe they sounded better if you were completely high, but uh, if you were well, sober, I maybe mean, not so much. I think Greg Ginn was pretty always pretty open about his, you know, his love of the the uh, weed, you know, and I think it definitely it's a little different, which is amazing considering how fast he played, but. Uh, yeah, whatever. Different strokes for different folks now. Look into you. Listen to you. Live and let live. Well, man. you know, in the fact of matter is, like somebody like Epitaph, it'd be easy to do like the worst five because they've been they've become sort of a weird gimmick label, and they, not only a gimmick label, but they put out a lot of like bad like I don't even know if it's metalcore or what even like Ronnie Radke falling in reverse stuff like that. Very uh, uh, misogynistic garbage good old Ronnie Radke I tell you what though I'd listen listen to that before I'd listen to the fucking Linda Lindas what Uh, what is going on with that I mean there's a couple there's a couple like that Epitaph has gotten very like I said they've done a lot of what I would call gimmick signings um and I just I just you know and then of course Rolling Stones like oh the Linda Lindas are more important than the Sex Pistols or whatever just like shut up uh, and it's like they had, the, and they had that, they, they had that picture outside Discord House, or looking like minor threat. And it's like, yeah. just stop, just stop. We're just a minor threat, you know. I mean, we we know plenty of old girl bands who will run We're rings around the fucking Linda yeah, Lindas for fuck's sake, yeah. right? Yeah. God damn it. Well, get me angry. One, well, and it's you know, it's what we've always said all along. I'm all for inclusion, but let's make sure they fit in. You know that they that they they're doing the same style. It's not just throw a band in just to be politically correct if it doesn't work right you know there's plenty of bands of color bands of women that are just amazing we don't need to sort of condescend that they don't get picked up by the music press who suddenly has to make a big fucking deal about them you know pretty much pretty much (sighs) it's very very annoying I say that after I've already offended pretty much every (laughs) 
Yes. Yes. Let's see. You said Polacks. You made fun of Germany. Had a German accent. We did Italian accents. Yes. uh, Insulted lots of people today. Made fun of apostrophes and names. Yes, we did. Umlauts. The only band that allowed to do umlauts is Motorhead. Sorry, people. There you go. Just knock it off. Bottom line is, we love all people, all creatures, great and small. We love them. We Tom love loves them. all creatures, great and small. I hate all creatures, great and small. Yes. So punk till I die. Punk till I die. Seventy-seven at Gmail. <laughs> punk till I die podcast. You know, we did get a we did get a list of top five for the year so far, but maybe we'll save that from our friend Richard. But I didn't know one record on there. I did not, and I did give all five a listen, and I didn't think any of them were terrible, but um, I didn't think any of them were particularly good either. So. Better leave it at that. That may be the greatest compliment you're ever going to get from the old man. <laughs> but I'll give him. Yeah, I'll give. He, but you know what? I'll give Miss Dew. He's out seeing yet another band tonight. Yeah, well, he's in his mid fifties and he's involved with the scene, right? He, he's not, he, he's not th- sitting on his couch. He's not an armchair quarterback. He is the scene, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem like he has fun. It does seem like it would be fun to be a fly on the wall sometimes. And yet, it does seem like someone is paid to go and stand in front of him at every gig. <laughs> Some dude, tall guy, stands yeah, in front of him. I got a guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just do it as a joke now yeah. oh boy that's good yeah. stuff alright I'm gonna go either take a shower or take a swim I haven't decided yet oh show off alright and what else Neil what else I think we've covered a lot of ground today people love lists so once again if you got some thoughts on this particular subject or or like I said before if you, you know favorites so far this year if you want to reach out if you give us a good list we'll read them I don't have Richards in front of me and it's kind of an awkward spot now anyway to do it but but yeah if you were going to, uh, and if you're going to write in and tell me how much you love Oxbow, and you thought, you know, uh, you can you can certainly do that. In fact, I did see somebody in an Oxbow t-shirt the other day, which is funny, funnily mm. enough. I, uh, Neil, you got the new, once again, I should, be able to, I should go home and take a shower, but you, you have got your new uh, Slaughter Boys album. I do. I came to... Holy shit, I'm sorry. You said Slaughter Boys. I was thinking Poison Boys. Um, Yeah, the Slaughter Boys album, the second album, came today. I ordered it Friday when... Orders opened on Friday. And I guess... Wow, you ordered it Friday and you got it in Chicago on Tuesday. Yeah, I emailed him to tell him that I had just ordered it. And he emailed me and said he'd sent it out already. So he sent it out within like 10 minutes of getting the order. Well, because I was going to say, I think he sent mine out on the same day too. I unfortunately slept on it for a minute and I ordered it. I think I ordered it last Friday, maybe a week late. No, it only came out. It only was up, only up for ordering. It was on Friday. That was the first day. Oh, maybe I did it over the weekend. I can't remember. Yeah. I, was sitting, I was literally sitting there and just pulled up my phone. But unlike Neil, I remember to use the discount. So if you order from Jason or order from Garage Rock Records, remember to use the PTID code for ten percent off anytime. So, um, so I, I saved a couple bucks, Neil. I have. Well, so here's the thing: I haven't listened to it yet, and it's not available on. Um, on at least not on iTunes anyway, it, and on Apple streaming music. Um, but uh, typical of Garage Rock, it comes with patches, it comes with stickers, it comes yes. with a whole bunch of stuff. Now, funnily enough, it's on black vinyl. I expected it to be on some kind of funky no, color, but well, if you remember, he talked about that. He, he's a big fan okay. of the classic. classic okay, black okay, vinyl. good. I think he said it was 160 gram or something. Pretty heavy. Okay. Pretty heavy uh, vinyl and. And it's numbered. Um, it's numbered, so I got... It's only 200 pressed, so I got number 50 of 200. Well, and so. I can't remember if it was 200 pressed, or I think it was the first 200 come with a patch, if you look at the fine print. No, I think it was 200 pressed, I think. I, the first 200 were hand-numbered? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I haven't listened to it yet, so I can't... Like, if I sell you it's a great record, I'd be lying, because I haven't listened to it yet. Actually, I probably wouldn't be lying, but I'm really... Well, I've heard the one single. The, the, they released one single digitally uh, about six months ago, and it's fantastic. 
So, so I think this is yeah. going to be up there for our album's album of the year, I have a feeling. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Like I said, don't forget to use that discount code. And they've got he's got lots of other stuff, too. Lots of stuff that's not on his own label. He's, yeah. uh, he's a regular record store, so all the stuff from him, he's a good egg. He gets stuff out really fast. And yep. uh, nice guy to and, boot. And so. I got some stuff. You know what? I got some stuff from, I think I mentioned this last time, I got some stuff from Loud Pizza, our sponsor, too. Do you use, be sure to hit them up, too. Get a t-shirt, get whatever you want. Yeah, get a Punctuality Day t-shirt or a mug or a slip mat from them. And, yep. um... You know, and we get a certain percentage of everything that you buy with our name on it, so that's always good for we're, us, too. Uh, we're we're uh, working on the uh, Punk Till I Die private jet. Yeah. We're well, actually, no. We're the size of Godzilla. Send us your money. Well, let me, sell, well, let me say this. I am actually uh, in the midst of putting in an order for some more sweatshirts. Yes. So if you hear this and you desperately want a sweatshirt, email me ASAP. Um, of course, to, this is uh, go out in like ten days to reserve, but yeah, but to reserve one because I'm going to be getting a couple of extras in each size. So make sure that you um, let me know, and I will reserve one for you. The, the classic punk till I die black uh, black shirt with white logo front and big one on the back. So yes. uh, they're great sweatshirts. Yeah. Yep. Very light, lightweight, but not but not too lightweight. Right. So. All right. Yep. All right, we did our pitch, Neil. We did our pitch. That was and, an accident. Uh, I didn't mean to do a sales pitch. But no, it was good. good. It was it was all good, mate. Loud Loud Pizza. Loudpizza.com, yes. yes. Exactly. And I finally did, the other thing I finally got, Neil, I finally did get my Euro import version of Suicidal Tendencies to join the Army. Oh, I saw that you put that up yesterday. Yeah, I've actually got to put a picture of some of the things I've got recently because I've got a lot of albums recently. I, well, I, I need to take a me. picture of my Pirates press ball. You were there when I got that. It was massive. It was like... 13 records. That's right. Oh, my God. You got all that weird... Sh- they threw in a bunch of free shit for you, didn't they? I ordered, Well, I ordered 10 records, and I think they just put me, like, in the biggest mailer and just, like, filled it up. Yeah. I got two 10 inches, five 12 inches, and seven 7 inches or something silly, or eight 7 inches. Just ridiculous amount of records. 5,000 flexies. Keep me... <laughs> a couple of flexies. Keep me entertained for uh, for a while. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Well, listen. Let's let's call it a night, Neil. Sounds good. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you again soon. We will next time. We'll be back. We'll have some adventures for you. We have some pretty good guests on tap. We just need to, you know, work out our busy schedules, make it happen. So yep. We'll talk. To, we'll talk to you soon. Keep a little mark in your heart. Stay free, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye bye. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Oh, die, die. So many records are